So for uh, those who are new to the call, I'm Coach Chelsea. I'm down here in Tallahassee, Florida. I coach girls basketball. And crazy enough to say in a week will be five months we've been into this thing, just talking faith and servant leadership within our sports and within our athletic journeys. And so, you know, a CIAA member uh, myself and paying attention to all of the CIAA and all of the sports, um, I reached out to Coach Reggie Barlow. I mean, his bio does not match the calmness of this man right here. I mean, just Super Bowl champion, uh, NFL vet, wide receiver, Florida Bucks. If we have any fans on here, I'm down here in Florida. I have to toot that a little bit. Um, you know, Swag Hall of Famer and the head coach at Virginia State University um, football team. And, you know, I reached out to coach and he was like, yeah, no problem. And, and I love that because one of the things I've learned through this servant leadership um, conversations over the past five months is the most successful coaches are the ones with the disposition as Coach Barlow, that here I am, send me. And so, you know, Coach, I appreciate you just so much for being here. We're just a laid back group of coaches just trying to grow in our faith and, and learn what it means to be a true leader, uh, servant leader. So I'm going to pass the torch to you um, and just give you a moment to just kind of talk and share anything that you have on your heart to say today. Um, and I thank you again so much just for being here. Yeah, well, um, I appreciate you, Ms. Johnson, for uh, setting this up and giving me an opportunity to speak uh, with everybody that's on here. Um, I know Zoom calls have been kind of the law of the land right now with all the stuff that's taking place. Uh, so I really appreciate that. Um, obviously, I hope everybody's out there is healthy and safe and uh, your families and stuff are safe and living life uh, best that we can. Um, I kind of had the whole setup just to let you guys know, uh, just for a few minutes, kind of like uh, a quick introduction of myself, uh, kind of the philosophy uh, that we live by in our program, which is really uh, Bible-based. Um, and then we'll talk about a time where my faith was a little tested and uh, was able to come through it uh, by uh, uh, making some sacrifices um, which really helped. And then perhaps maybe a favorite scripture or favorite verse or two that I like, and then we'll take questions. But um, as Ms. Johnson said, I'm Reggie Barlow. Uh, I am from Montgomery, Alabama. Um, I went to uh, Sydney Lanier High School. I like to tell people that because uh, Sydney Lanier High School is a really uh, a unique school. Um, at one point it was all white, then it became mixed, and now it's all black. Uh, but the other thing about sitting at Lanier High School is we have six Super Bowl champions from our high school, uh, which is, I think, second in the nation. So I always tell people about that. Um, I was blessed to get a scholarship to Alabama State University, uh, played football there for a great Houston Markham, uh, which was a blessing. Uh, I was blessed to get drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the fourth round under Tom Coughlin. Uh, played for some really good teams there. A lot of really good guys that I met during that time. Um, and then, um, you know, rather you stay with one team. Uh, so I had an opportunity to go play for the Oakland Raiders, which is a lot of tradition and uh, pride there and great Mr. Al Davis. And then I finished my career with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, two years there, um, we were blessed to play for Coach Gruden and play with a lot of really great guys, Hall of Fame guys. Uh, blessed to win a Super Bowl, as mentioned. Uh, and then I, uh, I knew I wanted to be a coach, so I kind of, um, you know, talked to coaches as I went through. 
and uh, became an assistant coach at Alabama State. And then things happened fast. I was blessed to get the interim head coaching job. Uh, and thanks to a lot of really good coaches and good players, we had some success and was able to get the job uh, full time. So uh, that's kind of that. And now I've been a head coach, I think, 12 years or something like that, going on 12 or something like that. I don't know. Um, but um, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fun journey. And, um, you know, I like to use acronyms. Part of our philosophy is acronym, the DASH, D-A-S-H-H. But um, the acronym for COACH, uh, I think, is we're called out as Christ helpers. Uh, we have a huge platform and we have a huge impact on the student athletes that we come in contact with. And um, I think we are called out as Christ helpers to continue to um, help these young men and ladies uh, through the process as they go. Uh, some of the people that are on here are real familiar with our philosophy. I wish I could change it and, and, and have something different, but um, it's, uh, it's, it's the dash. It's D-A-S-H-H. And, you know, I just think there's five core characteristics that, um, that I've seen work uh, throughout life, throughout football, uh, throughout businesses. Um, and uh, the, the bottom line of it, one, I think we all know that, is uh, the D is for discipline. You know, doing what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, uh, when you're supposed to do it. Uh, ultimately, when nobody's watching, you know, that's true discipline. Um, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's second Timothy. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We all must have self-discipline, doing things the right way. And that's the foundation. That's our team. Uh, understand that everything that we build in our program starts around our discipline. And uh, we always got to have that. Um, the A um, is for attitude. We want to have a positive and conquering attitude. You know, let's be real about it. There will be some adversity. There will be some third and 20s. There will be a sack. There will be uh, a missed shot at the buzzer, you know, but you got to have a positive and conquering attitude and you got to be able to, to, to overcome it. And um, we should all nurture our mind with positive thoughts and not be so consumed by uh, negative thoughts. And that's Philippians 4, 8. You know, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whether whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So try to find a way, and we try to find a way to pull the positive out of all of it. And you know, throughout um, this Corona thing, and everybody having such anxiety and trying to figure out what's next, and you know, let's just not worry about what's next. Let's let's be where our feet are. Let's be in the present. Let's accept where we are, and uh, let's find a way to, to move her through it. Uh, and when we're allowed to have contact, uh, we'll have a plan then. But we definitely want to always um, have a positive and conquering attitude and making sure we're managing ourselves the right way. Uh, the S and the dash is sacrifice. Each of us need all of us. You know, um, I think I, I played I play wide receiver and you want to talk about a selfish group of people. Uh, the wide receiver room is probably the most selfish group of athletes in the country. All right. It's all about me. It's all about getting me the ball. You know, I've, I've played football with some guys that was uh, came back to the huddle and say they was open on a, on a run play. <laughs> well, sure you are. <laughs> you should be open on a run play because it's the run play, but 
Uh, each of us need all of us and it ain't about you. It ain't about that one person. It's about making a sacrifice for the sake of the team. Uh, and when you do that, uh, we all are better by, and again, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's Ephesians 5. That's, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So you talk about the ultimate sacrifice, uh, giving himself up for, uh, for our sakes and sins. So um, it should not be hard for us to sacrifice uh, the video game as we talk to our players sometimes to step away and do the things that you need to do uh, to be a complete um, student. And then of course, a student athlete. So the, the S is, is, uh, is for sacrifice. Uh, the first H and um, the dash is for habits. Uh, I'm sure at the end of your team, when you allow your leaders to go, everybody put their hands up and they say, champions on three. And they holler out, champs. But what do your habits say? If you let me observe your habits, I'll be able to tell you, are you aligned to be a champion or you uh, uh, delusional? Um, so um, our habits must be aligned with our expectations, the things that we say we want to achieve, uh, we have to have our habits aligned with that. And um, one of the things that uh, you can look at in, in, in Mark 1, 35, um, it talks about God's habit of in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went away to a secluded place, secluded place, uh, and was praying there. And uh, that was a habit of his. You know, a lot of times we say, um, um, we wanna walk with God, but if we're only visiting God on Sundays, that's not a walk, that's a step. But if you truly wanna have a relationship and walk with God, uh, you have to find a way to spend time with him uh, other than on Sundays. Um, so uh, our habits, uh, if we wanna be the best coach, you know, you got to find a way to go and learn from other people, uh, people who've done it the right way. Uh, if we want to be, the, obviously, best student athlete, uh, the athletes have to find a way to go and do that as well, learn from the best people. And then we can be disciplined, Ms. Johnson. Our attitudes may just be positive, Paul. We may be willing to sacrifice for the sake of the team, Coach Watkins. And let's say our habits are aligned with our expectations. But at the end of all of that, what's your heart like? Are you a giver? Are you a server? Do you care about people? Do you care about your neighborhood? Do you care about the fellow man? Uh, you care about your coaches and your teammates. And that's straight up Peter 4.8, above all. Keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Um, and it does. Um, if you uh, find love, uh, there's a lot of things that are taking place in our country right now that if we could just find love, uh, many of those things uh, would not be taking place. Um, that's our um, philosophy in terms of um, how we approach things. And the reason we say the dash is we cannot control when we're born, nor do we control when we leave earth. All right. And whether you live to be 20, whether you live to be 40, whether you live to be 90, it seemed like that person was here today and he was gone like that in a dash, all right? But those 
time in between men born and the time being uh, that you leave earth, those five uh, characteristics will, uh, you know, hopefully propel you and give you an opportunity to, uh, to have a successful life um, as you go and be in coaching or whatever else, it, uh, whatever it else is that you choose. Um, is there any questions about the dash? I know we'll get some at the end. If not, you can hold the questions and then I'll go and tell uh, a time when uh, my faith was tested and um, it was a challenge. And, and, and I know we, we're, we're tested all the time. We're tested now. But uh, I can tell you, um, Dennis, at one point, I was the head coach at Alabama State University. I grew up in Montgomery. Uh, uh, everybody knows me here. I played ball there at Alabama State, and I was blessed with an opportunity to be the head coach. I'm talking about coming full circle. Um, we had some really good teams. We had some really good coaches and players, guys that really did a good job for us. And um, things were looking good. We had five consecutive winning seasons of eight games or seven games or more. We had played for a championship. Uh, we were graduating our student athletes. Um, we had guys getting drafted in the NFL, guys signing NFL contracts. And then after seven and five, they said, we're um, going to offer you a contract, a three-year contract. We signed the contract. We started being paid on the contract. And then all of a sudden, we lost a few games in a row. And they say, you know what? I don't think we want you to be our coach anymore. This is in November. And they're saying, I got one more month as the head coach at Alabama State. Probably the lowest point in my life. Um, you know, hurt, depressed, saddened, uh, all of those things. And, uh, you know, struggled with it for a long time. Depression, sitting in the house in the dark and all that stuff. And that was a hard time in my life. And, um, you know, but we, we kind of use this term, so what, now what? You know, so what, now what? This has happened. Let's find a way to maneuver through it. And it was tough. And I remember sitting, um, I go to church here in Montgomery, and, and one church is called St. James, and it's the church that I belong to, I'm a member of. But there's one in walking distance right by my house. And ironically, it's named St. James as well. And uh, this was going into the new year of 2016. And like I said, I was in the dumps, man. I was bad off and I was just, you know, just bad off. And I remember the preacher challenging the congregation um, to do something different in 2016 uh, to uh, better have an impact on your life. And sitting there in tears and trying to figure it out what's next you know, how I'm going to find my next job or whatever. I'm out of work and all that stuff. I got a lot of bills. Um, uh, he said, you just do something different. He said, I challenge you to find 16 minutes because it's 2016 and spend time with God. And he said, make it challenging and make it a sacrifice. Something you are going to, something that you normally wouldn't do. We can all pray uh, in the middle of the day and all that stuff, but, you know, challenge yourself to something different. So, I said, I'm going to do it at 5 a.m., all right? To, and I call it a date with God. Um, and the other thing, well, I'll talk about the other thing, but I call it a date with God. So I would get up at 5 a.m. every morning, and the goal was to spend 16 minutes um, with God. And um, whether it's reading, whether it's playing gospel music, uh, whatever, reading scriptures, uh, listening to a sermon, 
whatever it is. Um, so we started doing that. And um, I believe, I really believe, Mr. Bruce, that because of my sacrifice for God and taking that time out to spend with him and reading and becoming more acquainted with his word and all of that stuff, I went from no job to I got uh, like a P job here in Montgomery, but I, everybody know I want to be a football coach, right? So I went from no job to a P coach to they offered me a high school job in Georgia at a really good high school in Columbus, Georgia, to maybe three weeks later, my high school here in Montgomery, Lanier said, well, if you want to coach high school, we'd rather have you here. So that's the third job in less than two months. And then all of a sudden Virginia State called and said, no, we want you to be our head coach. So you talk about from no job, really depressed and you know, upset that I lost my job at Alabama State and wanted to be bitter. But one thing I learned, you have to separate the who from the do. And it's not the university or whatever. You have to separate um, uh, people and how they treat you and not aim at your, your anger and all that stuff at the people. Um, so we were able to maneuver our way through that um, just from the sacrifice of spending time with God, um, or having a date with God. And, um, you know, it, it really has been a blessing in my life. And then the other thing that I was encouraged to do that I think, you know, I obviously can't make you guys do anything, but I think if you think about this, I got one of those old cookie jars, big animal cracker jars. And my whole thought process was I need to change my eyes. And when I say change my eyes, I put this jar and I put all these uh, words on it. And it was a jar of love. It was a jar of blessings. It is the jar of I'm thankful for. And every day the goal was to put something in that jar that I was blessed by, that I was thankful for. And, um, it changed my eyes. It keeps you from complaining about the things that you may not have. It keeps you uh, focused on the things that are positive. And even if it's, I'm thankful for, um, you know, my AC working in my car and it's extremely hot outside. So just the smallest thing that you're thankful for, but it, it makes you be creative. It makes you think about all the blessings that you have that are right around you um, that we sometimes don't or sometimes take for granted. So I have that. And then at the end of the year, it's to pull it out and to see all the things that I was thankful for, all the things that I had uh, experienced. And then it's to recreate that um, same thing, um, um, you know, every year. And obviously with Corona going on, sometimes it seems a little bit hard to, Think about those things that you're thankful for, but um, there's buku things to be thankful for um, uh, as as you look at it. So uh, that was a time in my life um, where there was some real adversity. Uh, God saw me through it. My faith held me through it. Thank God for the pastor that gave that sermon that day and that challenge. And, um, you know, it, it, it definitely helped me out. Um, I did have on here, I just want to share like um, – a favorite verse of mine is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and uh, he would direct your path. So 
I really like that. I think now is the time when you think about that. I mean, you, you got to trust him and you got to trust that uh, he'll see us through um, what's going on now. And uh, I know some days it could be a little bit more challenging than others, but uh, just that scripture right there is one that I just go to all the time uh, and, and, and read it and, uh, or say it out loud to myself. So uh, that's one of my favorites. Um, and then one of my favorite books is Ephesians 6.10. You know, Ephesians has a lot of stuff that it talks about, you know, um, children obeying your parents, uh, parents or fathers raising your kids up uh, uh, the godly way. And it just goes on and on. But the, the part that I really love is um, it's kind of like we tell the parents when we're recruiting their kids. We're going to give them the helmets and the shoulder pads and the knee pads and mouthpiece and all the other stuff that we're going to give them to protect them. But when you talk about true protection, God says, finally, my brothers, be strong. And it goes on about being strong in the mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take a stand against the devil's scheme, uh, corona. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rules, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces. Uh, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, because we know it's coming, it's here now, right? Uh, we will be able to stand, excuse me, be able to stand against uh, those, uh, we will be able to stand up against those evils, stand firm, and then with the belt of truth buckled around the waist with the breastplate of righteousness, in place. So that uh, Ephesians 6.10 has a lot of good, strong um, things that we should do uh, when we're suffering or when we're up against uh, uh, evils uh, that we'll be able to overcome. So um, that's kind of my deal. Um, you know, like I said, we, uh, you know, religious is, and, and we have to be so respectful of everybody and their approach and uh, where they are in their life and you know for us as as uh, Christ helpers we just have to meet these young people where they are and um, try to give them a dose of uh, faith and encouragement and, and and do use God's word to help them through it but um, that's kind of like my deal there uh, you know we live by the dash we are we are uh always going to try to be encouraging to our guys uh, and obviously surrounding yourself with, with, with the right, right type of people, especially, you know, in my case, I've been a head coach and head coach now, and, um, you know, those assistant coaches, I mean, I, I'll get my name in a paper and all that stuff, but uh, having a good group of guys that are loving, caring, family guys uh, uh, that uh, are strong in their faith is always important to have uh, be a part of your team. Um, I guess I could take some questions if there are some questions, or if not, I'd just be interested in hearing what some of you guys' favorite scriptures are so I can write them down. And perhaps on my leisure time, I could go and, you know, kind of read up on some of those. I think that would be a real blessing to me. But uh, if there if there are a question or is a question, um, you could unmute yourself and we'll, we'll try to take it. Coach, thank you so much for that. I first just want to say, you know, it's it's so funny how timing is everything. And, you know, my mom has always 
and my grandparents talked about living between that dash. You know, we can't control when we're born, we can't control when we die, but we do have control over what we do in between that dash, you know, and, you know, I, my aunt passed a couple of months back and that was actually the message because that's something she would always tell me and, you know, people always say, Chelsea, why you move? Won't you just sit down? You're always doing something. You're always helping everybody else. But that's what we're supposed to do as servant leaders. Right. And we're, we're going to have to, when we do account for that, that ending date, when God calls us, we do have to account for those things that we did in between and in, in between that dash. So I'm just so thankful that you said that. And, you know, one of my favorite ones and how I'm always led is that one you just said, that Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6. Um, and then Jeremiah 29 and 11. And I think that when we do those things, when we allow God to, you know, he knows that plan he has for us. And if we allow him to lead our, our way and our path, it'll make things not easier. He never promised easy. He just said it would be worth it. And so I just thank you so much for that. And for those that are new, like Coach said, unmute yourself, talk. This is what we do. It's my favorite part here. We encourage each other. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great point. I think Jeremiah 29 11 is, is one of the things that I talked to our team about um, when I was let go, that God does have a plan for me. And at this point, it's, uh, it was time for me to move on to something else. So uh, that's definitely a go-to scripture for me as well. Is there anybody on here like to share one of their favorite scriptures that uh, perhaps we can write down and be blessed by it. Don't be shy, y'all. We do have one, uh, Coach, because I have it at a couple of different streamings. We have one, Proverbs 18 and 21. There's life and death in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Um, and another, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29 and 11 has come as well. All right. And Proverbs 18 and 21, and Jeremiah 29 and 11. That's good. I have to go and meditate on the Proverbs one. That's good stuff. It's real good stuff. Um, I, I I think um, do do most of the are most people on here are college coaches, high school coaches, or is it a variety of? Uh... We have a blend, coach. We got a college, high school. We do have a middle school AD and coach um, in various uh, sports. We got football, basketball, volleyball. If I'm missing um, some other ones, you know, my my apologies for that. All right. All right. Oh. I see Philippians four thirteen. Yeah, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's one of my favorite ones. One of my past coaches, she always said that. You talk about a huddle breakdown, we break down from a huddle. It was P413. Um, and I will always remember that. Always remember that. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I think one of the, the biggest things that you said, too, it takes takes them a minute to warm up, Coach. They'll start unmuting themselves in a minute. I'm coming for you, my brother, Coach Locke, in a minute. Uh, but uh, one of the biggest things, too, that I love that you said, Coach, is you talked about with football and, of course, you know, with helmet and all these, you know, paddings to protect. And, you know, we can insert what our sports call for, for protection for our kids. But what greater protection than armoring our young people with the word? You know, they're with us more times than not, sometimes more than their own parents. And especially on the collegiate level, the parents are entrusting us, you know, with their babies. And in, in terms of teaching football or basketball, insert you, whatever your sport may be. Um, it's also our time and our, our charge 
to physically and spiritually enhance them. So I, I love that you all are doing that. And as you said, as coaches, we're called out as Christ helpers. And we've, you know, talked about it. Many coaches have talked about how coaching is a ministry. You know, I used to feel so uh, bad because, you know, I love my church family and I sing in the choir and I go to church. And there's just some days where I just wouldn't have it. We'd have a game, we have practice, and I can't go to choir rehearsal. I can't do these things. I used to feel bad. And then finally it was said to me, it was like, well, Chelsea, you have to understand what you do. Coaching is your ministry as well. And right. knows that. The work that you're putting in, you know, between those four lines, they're saving children every day. Or as I continuously say, insert whatever your sport is to change those values. And it is a ministry. So I love that you said that because God has called us for such a time as this. And we've seen it, sports, it, it bridges the gaps where otherwise they may not. You know, you see it right now with the sports that are coming back and LeBron and all these people, they're advocates for these things, regardless of what it is. They're advocating for what Christ says, what we're supposed to do with loving our neighbors. And, and so I just, so, I'm so thankful that you put that out there. Yeah, I think um, um, that's, those are great points. I appreciate you saying that. Um, one of the things, too, I mean, the Lord's Prayer is really good. And I, I think, you know, a lot of teams end with the Lord's Prayer or, or start before uh, the Lord's Prayer. But I, I know, I, and I do, it, I do it on purpose, that um, sometimes instead of the Lord's Prayer, because I'm just not so sure how many people are praying for our student athletes. So sometimes we move away from just the Lord's prayer and send uh, a tailor-made, if you will, prayer for our guys and our coaches and their wives and their kids. And, um, and we started with a scripture and of course we pray and then we'll allow the guys to say the Lord's prayer uh, uh, together. So that's kind of change of pace um, for, you know, that tailor-made prayer. Um, so you are thanking God for the, your blessings and also praying for the student athletes and their well-beings and their families back um, wherever they are. So uh, we, we are, we try to do that as much as possible as well. You had a question coach. Um, they asked, do you still do your dates with God? Are you still making that a daily practice? Yeah. So that, um, and, and one of the things with COVID-19, and, you know, as a coach, sometimes we're so caught up in, 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 you know, trying to make sure our guys are doing what they're supposed to do and just not be overcome with COVID-19. And because uh, it could set you back because of the difference of what our daily lives used to be. And, um, you know, I, I, I'd not really been as consistent as I'd like. And it's been weighing on my heart. And I think, you know, when you talk about blessings and, um, and you talk about things like, I think this right here uh, will ignite me to be even more consistent with my date with God instead of, you know, uh, sleeping through it or not being as dialed in um, when I'm listening to it as I was uh, for, I mean, it was going on eight years or so, but, um, but, but yeah, we still do it. And, um, you know, just need to be more consistent because, I, the challenge is to ask yourself if I listen to a sermon is to say maybe at three o'clock that afternoon, what was that sermon about? I mean, obviously at 5 a.m. you're still a little droggy and sleepy, um, but you want to be able to pull something from it. And 
not let it fall on deaf ears. No. I totally agree. I have Coach G, that was a good one. Coach G uh, loves Ephesians 3 and 20. Um, if you want to do your own, Coach G, I ain't want to steal your thunder, where it just talks about how God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask. That's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, you got I, covered. Appreciate it. <laughs> Barlow, I had a question as well. Um, and I, I don't know if you remember, I was there as well at state playing basketball, been watching your transition out, like from the outside in, seeing how the player's perspective and things, how did you balance knowing, okay, I'm leaving in a month, but also staying committed to those players while you were there? Yeah. So, um, my, my whole philosophy and coaching philosophy is built on relationships. Um, and we use another acronym. Uh, when I say that we're a family, um, all those years that I coached there, and the guys can tell you, I mean, they, we had them over to the house. We cooked for them. We, we, we did a whole bunch of stuff for them just to um, continue our legacy of forget about me. I love you. And that's what family is about. So forget about my feelings. I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. I'm sad, but forget about me. I love you. I still want to show you guys how much I appreciate you. And I am who I am because of you guys. And those relationships have continued to last. I mean, just yesterday, I, Damien Love, I'm not sure if you were there with him, Damien Love and Edmund Davis, um, I mean, they just came and got me yesterday and said, hey, coach, let's go fishing because they know I love to fish. And I hadn't coached them in – I mean, I've been gone from Alabama State an extremely long time. Um, you know, guys are always calling me, and social media allows us to all be in contact. So um, it was a tough transition at the time because there's that line between, okay – I want them to be able to move on as well because they're going to have a new coach. And I, at the time, one of our assistant coaches was the interim coach and I wanted him to have his say. Um, so I kind of like removed myself out of there and, and just really um, made sure the guys know in my last speech to them that um, take my number. And if you need me, regardless of what it is, then reach out to me because I wanted coach Bradford to be able to transition and really have an opportunity to, to, to get that position there. But um, the relationships are still intact. Um, I still talk to many of our guys. And, um, you know, I, I think that's what it's about. I think that's good. Uh, there's one in here before I forget. It says, my favorite scripture is from Miss Alethea. She says, Psalms 139 and 16, when God tells, uh, when David tells God that he realized that God knew him while he was still being formed and planned every day of his life before any one of them began. It reminds me that God is always near. And if I trust him, he'll guide me because he already knows what he planned for my life. And I think that's really, really good, especially aligned with what we were talking about. And uh, Miss Cheryl here, she says um, Psalms 1, um, the entire uh, chapter, which I love, but the first part that says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Um, so I love both of those. Thank you, ladies, so much. What was the other one, the Psalms? Uh, what was it, the one before that one? 
You said, do you remember the song? Psalms 139. And 16, right? I got 16. it. 16, yeah. 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 Sorry, Coach Locke. Go ahead, bro. Well, I, I, don't, I don't have a scripture per se. I just wanted to say hello to my fellow poet, 1756 South Court Street, Ridge, Ridge Crest Finest. I wanted to say hello to a brother. He's one of the reasons why I wanted to um, attend my high school there in Montgomery, Alabama, watched him play at Ballingraff and all through um, the near. And he was one of my childhood idols, so I had to step out this meeting because I wanted to say hello to him. Appreciate that, man. It's always good to see brothers from Ridge Crest doing well, uh, using your platform the right way. And uh, I'm always encouraged by you. Obviously, I may not see you, but I see you. You know what I'm saying? So thanks for what you do, brother, and uh, keep the positive spirit going. Yeah. And guys, it doesn't have to be a scripture. I'm glad Coach Locke pinpointed that. Uh, that's just something I really love that uh, Coach Barlow just put out there. Um, if you have any comments or anything you want to say as well. Uh, Coach, mine is a bit personal, but I put this out here real quick while I let um, Coach and Pastor Dennis go. Mine is personal, and it's uh, Psalm 30 and 2. It's a personal testimony of mine many times over, and it says, Lord, my God, I called to you for help, and you have healed me. And so many people that have been on this call know that, you know, when God gets ready to elevate me, it somehow is always in that health sector. Um, and so when it comes to pass, I've been healed of a brain aneurysm. I've, uh, you know, had, you know, some veins repaired to keep a limb of mine that I need my right dominant hand. But what I've learned is God is a healer and all he wants us to do is trust him and his ability. And that's what you talked about today too. So, you know, I know the plans I have for you, you know, I know you and knew you, like Miss Olympia said in the womb before you even came and you got work to do within this dash. So I cried to you for help and you have healed me. Um, that's mine. That's awesome. Yeah, these are good. This is, um, this would be a good foundation for me to meditate on, like, um, you know, as we ignite our few here. Uh, I'm real thankful for these scriptures. That'll be, uh, that'll be some time I could spend with those, reading those tomorrow. So I thank everybody for those um, as well. Um, yeah, Coach, thank you um, for sharing with us today. Uh, I did have a scripture, but I also had a question. Uh, the scripture is Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Uh, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which had great recompense of reward. It says you are in need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And a lot of what I've learned in life, I learned from, depending on the church tradition, um, we have a lot of old church mothers in our church. And man, they got more wisdom in their pinky than uh, I have in my whole body. And I remember telling one of the church mothers, I said, mother, um, I don't understand what they mean, recompense. And she grabbed me and she said, baby, it means payday's coming after a while and don't get caught with your work on done. And mm -hmm. so that scripture will segue into my question. I believe you mentioned it. And uh, if my chronicling your career is right, you were drafted by the aforementioned Tom Coughlin. Am mm -hmm. I right about that? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, coach. And uh, your first D is discipline. Yes, sir. Uh, coach Coughlin is known to be an ardent disciplinarian. And right. so my question was, how much of an influence and what things do you do in your current coaching world that may trace itself um, to your time with him? Yeah, that's a great question. I really appreciate that question, Dennis. Um, uh, and you're right. Uh, much of who I am and my philosophy uh, is based on three coaches. Coach Houston Markham was my college coach. And 
he figured we're going to beat him by outworking him. And I mean, he worked us, worked us, worked us, man. He, 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 he made us go when we thought we couldn't go no more. Um, so obviously now we can't do some of the stuff that he was doing in terms of work ethic with the guys, but, uh, it's a work, uh, it's a work type of mentality. Uh, as you mentioned, Tom Coughlin, um, I mean, for what they called him, the drill sergeant and all that stuff, uh, he was so instrumental in my life. And I've thanked him over and over uh, because the discipline does come from him. You know, we're going to, this is how we're going to do it. This is our approach. Uh, we, 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 we're not going to negotiate the rules. You know, we're going to be uh, feet on the ground, shoulder square. I mean, shoulder square, eye contact with the speaker. I mean, that's how it was in our meeting rooms with whoever the speaker is. It's feet on the ground, shoulder square, eye contact with the speaker. There's a concentration line once we went out of the locker room, helmets on, uh, chin straps buckle, and uh, they're not to come off unless you're getting water. Uh, but uh, a lot of his rules agitated us at the time, but you don't go 14 and two in the NFL uh, with not having great discipline, great attitudes and all that stuff. So. Uh, a lot of the practices, uh, the things that he did as a coach for us, we use it now. Of course, the stuff that Coach Markham instilled in me. And then Coach Gruden uh, is more of the, the communication skills and the, 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 the way that we practice and trying to have genuine enthusiasm and, you know, really relating to uh, the group of guys that you're coaching. Uh, so uh, that's the that's how my coaching philosophy was formed from from all three of those guys. But uh, really good coaches, all three re- extremely different, but they uh, they they all were extremely effective. Are you some kin to John McNulty, by the way? I have a brother, John, but not the offensive coordinator. And the irony in that is, I'm about five minutes from. Uh, Rutgers University all right and, uh, of course John McNulty was um, the offensive coordinator there right. most recently but of course Shiano's back so we got to get back to chopping baby all right yeah uh, um, McNulty John McNulty was my receiver coach in uh, when I was with the Jaguars wow. uh, okay. yeah so yeah. this has been a blessing to me I hope everybody else has been blessed by it. If there's any other questions, we'd love to take them. Um, yeah, Coach, I got one. <clears throat> um, as always, thanks for sharing, man. It, it takes a lot for people to get up and get in front of others and share that. So I'm going to say that for everybody every time I'm up here. It, it takes a lot to you know, pull from your own experiences and whatnot. And sometimes it's hard to share. Sometimes it's uneasy. So thank you for that. Um, so you played for Groom twice, but Oakland and in Tampa was on the Super Bowl team. Right. Um, he kind of got a bad rap when he first got back to Oakland. Well, now Vegas it still feels weird to say, but being on the inside working with him, and I know you said you you pulled a lot from him, and I try to learn from my coaches also. Um. I guess elaborate more on what it's like playing for him and the X's and O's and the experience because you say he's, he's great at communicating, but, you know, sometimes at least coming back dealing with the younger generation, you might have kind of got a bad rap early on. 
first got back. Yeah, I, I think part of it was, you know, um, part of being a leader, a servant leader or leader altogether is, I mean, you got to be able to make the tough decisions. And um, I think with um, the, the defensive end, I, I forget his name, uh, the guy that was really good, went to Chicago. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, yeah. So he had to make a decision on do you keep this guy, do you pay him, or do you get draft picks and move on? And obviously, as good as Khalil Mack, was and is it's like well why do you get rid of him but um I think uh John he had a plan in mind of how he wanted to build his team um uh, he can come off a little bit on people because he's you know his personality is his personality he's extremely confident he believes in himself he believes that uh if given the the, the, the right opportunity and the tools and the players uh, that he'll have an effective program but uh I, I think um you can't um, you can't say he's not passionate. You can't say that he don't care. Um, um, you know, like I said, plan there for him in Oakland for when, when, when he was out there and uh, the first time, uh, just, you know, he had, he, he put out really good teams. And then of course, going to Tampa and playing for him, um, winning the Super Bowl and all that stuff. And I kind of heard all the stuff they say about that. That was coach Dungy's team and all that stuff. But, um, uh, but I mean, he's a he's a he's a solid dude. He 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 coaches hard, and sometimes that comes off the wrong way on fans and players. Um, but he's a committed guy to the cause. Uh, I believe in him. I think he's going to do a really good job with the Las Vegas Raiders, and uh, I think uh, he's getting an opportunity to put his plan in place and his guy. So uh, he has big enough shoulders to wear it. Uh, if it don't work out for him, but I'm actually pulling for him, and I hope he does a good job. No, no doubt, I will consider myself as, as a coach, uh, individual, a group fan. I was like, so you know, he was catching the flack. I was like, I'd like to know what's going on from, you know, somebody in-house perspective. But I appreciate the insight, and uh, yeah, you know, tough decisions. That's why they tough. Yeah. You got to be made sometimes. And some people look at me like, oh, I'm the cool coach. And then you go, why is he mad? Why is he yelling? Well, because right now we got a job to do and we ain't getting it done. Yeah. And then later on, I'll come by and put my arm around you and say, hey, man, you know, it's going to be all right, whatever, whatever. But then they look at me confused like, but you were just yelling at me five minutes ago. Yeah, because we had something to get done, but I still care. All right. Yeah, that, I think um... – that that's more or less my personality. I think the guys that know me, I'm laid back. The guy, I kid around and joke all the time. Um, but when it's, when it's about the work, we, 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 we use a term casualness causes casualties. And we don't want to be casual when we are on the field, when we're in, we call it the rectangle. When we're on the rectangle. There's no time to be casual. This is all about being dialed in focused, and, uh, not becoming a casualty. So, uh, um, but they understand that it's been communicated to them and they understand that we can laugh and dance together and tell jokes together. But once we're on the rectangle, uh, it's time for that to, uh, to end. Don't be casual. Yeah. Most deaf. We, we, we try to develop, um, when I was at Alabama state, I guess I call it the Alabama state, the Hornet language, but, I think kids can relate to acronyms. I think kids can relate to, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call them, like certain statements that 
it it it, it re it refocused their thought process. Uh, so so we we talk about our Trojan language and and things that we use to keep our guys dialed in, focus in. Uh, you know, casualties. Uh, uh, casualness causes casualties is one. Uh, be where your feet are. You know, that's being in the present. Um, you know, we said family, forget about me, I love you. So there's a bunch of stuff that we use that we try to communicate with those guys um, that they understand uh, our language. You know, the dash is one, obviously. Um, um, we use, uh, and you guys may be able to use this. I see Coach Bradford on here. Um, there's a term uh, we call catfish. We like to catfish our guys. I'm always saying to our coach, make sure you catfish your guys. And when I first started saying that, they were like, well, coach, what are you talking about? Well, uh, back in the day, they were shipping codfish from, um, from uh, Canada to China. And they would put all the codfish uh, on the boat. And then when the boat would take the fish over to China, from the codfish just being stagnant in the water and not really moving around, it would be soggy and wouldn't cook right and wouldn't taste right. So some genius came up with, let's put catfish in the water with the codfish. And as a result of the catfish being in there with the codfish, now the codfish has to do what? They got to swim for their life, you know, because the catfish is in there and we know the catfish will eat anything. Well, we all need to be catfish. Not to be agitated. Don't agitate your players, but call them. Check on them. Talk to them about their classwork. Talk to them about their personal life. How are things back home? Motivate them. And it's not just when they're with you. Text them and do it and all that stuff. So, you know, that's a part of another part of our language that we use. Right? We want to catfish our guys in all type of ways uh, to continue to develop them um, as we go. Oh, that's good. I may steal that. I'm just telling you right now. Yeah, I'll quote you, though. <laughs> Well, uh, like I like I tell my coaches, hey, I stole it from somebody, so have at it. <laughs> hey, coach, we got another one uh, for you to put down from uh, Minister Greg Washington. He's down here, uh, one of Wilkes' friends. Actually, he's been on uh, quite a few times, but he has Second Chronicles seven and fourteen. Second Chronicles seven and fourteen. That if my people, this is so good for right now. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal the land. COVID-19, social injustices, all of those things going on, it's nothing new. It's what we see now, but this scripture holds true. And if we can all, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray, dot, 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 then I will heal the land. So thank you so much for that one, Greg. That was a good one. That is good. I could dig it. I like that. So true. I like it. Yeah. Want to miss anybody? Anybody else have any question, comments, or anything else they want to say to coach before we wrap up today? Awesome. Well, coach, as always, what I tell different people, you know, when they come on, it is. It is directly proportional. Their success. It, it, when I talk to them and I realize how meek and humble they are, and as you say, I'm a laid back guy, that is evident when I first got on the call with you. Um, and I just thank you so much just for your wisdom and your words today, um, for even being transparent and sharing those valley moments 
um, because a lot of times in our coaching ministry and all of our ministries, we fail to do that. We feel like it's something we need to hold close to the vest, but our tests come to give those testimonies. Um, you know, our misery comes for, you know, the ministry and the message. And so I thank you just for being able to do that because so many people have been set free. So many people have been moved by your words today, reaching far and wide. And just every day that we get to meet new people in fellowship, like I say all the time, we can talk about X's and O's all we want to. But at the end of the day and in these times, we need to be spiritually fed. And you did just that. So I thank you so much, Coach, just for being here. I'm going to allow you to say anything closing that you would like. And then, uh, Pastor Dennis, I'm going to come to you in just a moment to close us out. <laughs> well, again, thank you. Thank you again for allowing me to speak to these lovely people. Uh, I know where you guys are. If you were asked, how do you spell love? You probably would say L-O-V-E. But where I am, we spell it T-I-M-E because the things you love, you're willing to spend time with. And I appreciate you guys for sharing your time with me today. Uh, and uh, I don't take that for granted. And uh, it's been extremely uh, a blessing to me. So uh, thank you guys and uh, good luck to you. And uh, if there's anything that I could ever do for you, um, just let me know. Thank you. Absolutely. If everybody could just bow their heads really quick. Let's pray. Eternal God, our Father, it is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, for this time of gathering, for this fellowship. Thank you for your manservant, O oh God. Thank you for the lessons that you've taught him and that he's now imparted into us. And that, Lord, we would always remember that, Lord, it is appointed once for a man to die and then the judgment. So that, Lord, we would be faithful with the dash in the middle. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to realize that where much is given, much is required. And so we pray, Lord, that you would make us to be disciplined, which is a clear distinction of those that call ourselves disciples. And so, Lord, that we would be good disciples, that we would stick close to you, our teacher, and that, God, based upon what you impart in us, then we would go out, O oh God, and stir the gift in others. Lord, I pray that for each of these, your children, that various stages of life and certainly in different seasons do we find ourselves but yet we come together collectively together and lord what a poignant reminder that in turbulent times that we have an advocate in you and that if my people so that we're not a people that are powerless but god we are a people that have access to you and the throne of thy grace and so god help us to make a difference where we find ourselves help us to ask the difficult question what happens when you show up when you show up, do things improve? When you show up, do you bring the characteristics of Christ? When you show up, does the anointing follow? When you show up, does goodness and mercy follow you? Or regrettably, when you show up, does it add to the chaos? Does it add to the turmoil? Does it add to the uneasiness? And so, Lord, bless these, your children. Order our steps, we pray. And on the other side of what you do in our lives, oh God, we'll be careful to give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.